fixed mindset is different than a growth mindset. Simply put, Chris Shade shares with us today on Knucklehead Podcast the differences. Enjoy. Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. All right. Well, welcome to another edition of, uh, of Knucklehead Podcast. Uh, you've got with you today the Knucklehead uh, Stephen, and uh, and I'm excited about today's guest for a couple reasons. It's not all the time that we have the the privilege and the honor of having a um, uh, a, a former principal uh, on our show. Most of the time, we're you know it's reserved for you know tinkers and sales folks and business owners. But that's what I love about our guest today. Chris is uh, well. Chris Shade, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? Thank you. I'm I'm honored that you uh, chose me to be a part of the show. Absolutely, absolutely. You know what drew me in about uh, about you is the fact that there you were, a grown man, uh, a father, proud uh, speaker, principal, and you talked about how Brene Brown retweeted one of your tweets, and you were as giddy as a high school girl. And I thought that that was the most the most engaging way to start a talk. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'll tell you, she has impacted my life. Uh, beyond measure, Absolutely. without a doubt. Absolutely. Well, uh, we appreciate you being courageous, coming on the show, uh, communicating a little bit about um, you know some of your experiences in um, you know in the in the professional world with uh, as it relates to being a principal, but then also in the in the speaking world because you're an entrepreneur um, out there. You're out there mixing it up, putting yourself out there and being vulnerable on stage and communicating material that sometimes doesn't go over so well with your audiences. You know what I mean? I, I am very fortunate to uh, to be able to do that. I, I work part time in a school district, and the other half uh, doing those speaking engagements. So I'm I am so very blessed. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, here at Knucklehead, uh, we have a we have a premise, and that is we encourage folks don't be beta. And the reason why we say that is for a couple different ways. We we, we understand that that uh, comes off as offensive and a little bit of uh, you know rubs people the wrong way, but. Quite frankly, that's what we need whenever we're, we're engaged in a learning process. We have to break down the walls of what has always been done, so we can, you know, so we can actually humble ourselves enough to move forward or realize that there's probably something that somebody else may know that we don't. And and the and the way to move forward is to get some wins. So those are essentially the premises for for how we start uh, how we start the show. Don't be beta and go out and get some wins. And that was part of the reason why we wanted to have somebody who. Uh, talk about the growth mindset and those for unfamiliar Chris can you talk about you know real quickly just what the growth mindset is and where that concept starts the concept that Carol Dweck uh, wrote about in her book mindset was uh, that there are really two types of uh, of mindsets or views of the world one uh, is a fixed mindset believing that intelligence is that is fixed and then unchanging and uh, that of a growth mindset that believes that we can uh, have influence on uh, our learning uh, and our own growth. Yeah, I mean, so it seems so simple, right? It seems so very simple. So there's got to be an experience that where this concept coming from your perspective of being a principal and uh, testing and helping people move through the process where that was almost like a foreign concept to you. So was there a situation where, where when you first learned about it, you're like, whoa, 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 hold up, this doesn't matter. Well, the thing that uh, I appreciate her 
uh, having come out and written about after her book was was published and cited in so many other works from uh, education uh, books to uh, a Harvard Business Review was uh, that, that people were taking that concept uh, and, and perhaps putting a, a wrong spin on that uh, in that we she wanted us to know that we all are all are both a, a, a growth mindset and, and fixed mindset that we have areas of our lives uh, that we uh, remain fixed in and uh, view our abilities uh, that, that, that I can't change that. And uh, so that's, uh, I think, an important concept that, uh, that she brings about. Um, know professionally off the cuff I'm trying to think of, of that example I know personally I've been trying to learn guitar it is not going very well and uh, I certainly have battled that fixed mindset about whether I could really do that or not well sure no I can I can imagine that well I think even just your the microcosm of your so you, your career in a way you know starting starting as a principal but then now uh, going out and speaking and engaging with audiences and communicating with uh, really, uh, people from all walks of life, understanding that you know there's there's parents out there that want the best for their kids, right? There's parents out there that that truly want uh, their kids to progress and potentially build on what they've been able to do. However, <laughs> the way that they go about it, in some cases, we end up we end up passing on some of our misconceptions in some cases to our kids, as opposed to what really is helpful. That could that could certainly happen. You know, uh, when. I'm reminded of uh, when, you, when you talk about our kids and, and raising our kids, ultimately there comes a time where we let them go. Uh, I've spoken on the concept of mindset from kindergartens to college professors. And uh, when you mentioned a time where I found that difficult, I did uh, have a talk at a, at a, at a university. And, and I found that uh, when my kids went to college for uh, for all we've invested in that, which has been a lot of dollars, I uh, am afraid to say, uh, I found that the traditional models of, of lecture still remain and that uh, when my son was in business school, um, I, I expected him to be doing these amazing projects on marketing, for example, which I've been interested in and they were doing definitions. So I, uh, one of the things I have found is, is the mindset of, of this is the way that we do it uh, at the uh, in this particular case at the university level, and this is uh, what we're going to do. Whereas they were struggling with uh, working with uh, first generation uh, college students, uh, mainly of poverty, and, and they were having a, a issue relating to kids. And uh, uh, and and you know, as I as I presented and. I tried to offer a different narrative uh, from uh, from getting up and moving around the classroom to uh, standing on the desk to get attention to a variety of things. I, I certainly encountered that. Yeah, but we're not going to do that here. Mentality. That's interesting. What, what do you feel like? What do you feel like contributes most to um, the amount of energy that gets exuded to maintain the status quo? Or do you feel? Or do you feel like, given some of your own examples professionally or setbacks, where there's a little bit of fear, the fear of change that just ends up overwhelming this energy towards, well, let's look at the productive benefit of change. Yeah, you know, the, uh, that particular system, uh, as I uh, having encountered that with, uh, with a child working on his master's and my daughter in her undergrad, uh, that that institution is very steeped in uh, its tradition and in, in the way that we've always done it 
uh, mentality. There's things that uh, that I find confusing about that uh, system, uh, such as uh, from something as simple as having to retake English and algebra and American history. Why do we do that? Uh, because we've always done it. Why Why do we have our kids invest? You know thousands and thousands of dollars to uh, to pour into that system i you know i don't i don't understand that and in, in, in the issue uh, i suppose of, of tenure what i found was interesting is uh, my wife who's also an educator had uh, made a, a post on facebook which i typically try to avoid but uh she uh, there was a, a comment that a, a professor a colleague of hers uh really slammed the uh uh the uh the, the public education um, folks. And uh, I, I went on and commented that I believe that we need to have a conversation from early childhood through college. And, and her response was, I, I never I never thought about college being involved in the conversation. So I thought it was interesting. Sure. Well, that's what sometimes new ideas are met with resistance. And sometimes, you know, um, sometimes that resistance is coming from a place where it's rooted in fear. And sometimes it's rooted in actual, you know, productive, you know, dialogue back and forth where we can debate the, the, the merit of the ideas. Um, so let me ask you a question, Chris. So you're, you're, uh, you're now uh, a speaker and you do uh, work still in kind of academia at this point. Uh, is that part-time? Is that correct? Yes, I'm part-time in, uh, in uh, Denton Independent School District where I've been uh, 10 years. Uh, two years ago, I, I floated the idea of going part-time. Initially, I had thought uh, I could retire uh, technically uh, in Texas at, at 52, which is only a few years from now, and I would uh, put a few more years in uh, and, uh, and retire and go into public speaking full-time. And then I went, why, why, why wait? What if, what if I pitch this idea of, uh, of going part-time? And uh, when I went to talk to my uh, boss, he, he, said I was afraid you were coming in here to, to quit to do that full time. So if we can keep you here part time, let's do it. And so it's uh it's been a real uh, a real win win for both of us. I've, Good for you. Uh, yeah. That's exciting. That I mean that's not always a uh, arranging a, a win win type scenario is is not always the most um, yeah, well, I kept about ninety percent of my duties for half the pay, but uh, for me, it was worth it. Uh, in that, uh, I had freedom and flexibility over my schedule, which you can't put a dollar amount. That's the truth. That's the truth. Well, let's talk. Let's talk real quick about um, about a time where, it, it seemingly, you know, up into this time, you, you've you've been able to afford yourself some flexibility. Now you're able to go speak. Still able to work part time, but there's got to been a time where you were just like, Oh my gosh, I wish I hadn't have done that. Or man, I, this personal, uh, setback really kind of cost me professionally here. Or was there a time where you had to, you had to encounter some of that, that uh, resistance? When I was, um, when I first became principal, I was the fourth principal in five years. There was a turnstile on, uh, on that door. And, uh, I, uh, I had been uh, an assistant principal for for one year uh, before uh, becoming principal, and uh, you know had some some insight on what I believed really needed to happen, which was uh, an emphasis on culture, because I truly believed that uh, by improving culture that academics would follow. And uh, and and the, the the mistake that I made is uh, is believing that uh, what we needed to do was really invest in a uh, social skills curriculum, uh, and uh, and really 
uh, do some some good teaching around uh, behavior, behavioral expectations, and so on and so forth. And I brought in a high-powered, high-priced uh, consultant from New York City who came and, and trained uh, our staff in this uh, smaller town in, in West Texas and uh, <clears throat> bought into a, a very expensive curriculum. And uh, and then I found out real quick that the uh, the job uh, of the principal is very different than uh, what I had learned in college, and that I really uh, didn't learn a thing in those uh, in those hours of uh, <laughs> of professional preparation in my master's. And uh, so, you know, I found myself overwhelmed with the number of responsibilities of a building administrator. And, and quite frankly, I will never have a job as difficult as the job of a building principal. Uh, and, and what I realized was is because I got overwhelmed in my daily uh, task and demands, uh, which uh, in that role are, are frequent. Uh, most tasks, research shows that the principal lasts under one minute and uh, most are spent interrupted. And, uh, and anyway, I, I, I did not give emphasis to that. I, did, I, I no longer brought it up in staff meetings, uh, the announcements with uh, uh, with kids about the what goal we were emphasizing that week, I, I started out strong for maybe two weeks, and then it got uh, left off the table. And, and, I, and I realized as I was uh, began observing that uh, that uh, not only were teachers not teaching uh, this particular uh, social skills curriculum I bought into, they were very uh, uh, they were not very. Uh, appreciative of, of that particular uh, idea, mainly because our teachers' plates are so, uh, there's so many things on their plates that this was one more thing. And uh, I, uh, I realized uh, that year that if you don't inspect what you expect, it's going to be really difficult to uh, see any outcome whatsoever. And, uh, you know, it, it really was uh, a time when I went, man, I, I screwed this up. And, um, and, and, taking feedback from teachers said, we're, we're going to scrap this. Even though we invested, uh, you know, dollars in, into the training and, and, and content, I realized this is not uh, what we needed after all. And, and I mean, think about that. I mean, think about that reflection that you just talked about. I mean, as a principal, as the de facto kind of head leading the direction of the you know, the course, or excuse me, the curriculum that these, uh, that teachers have to communicate to their, not only their students, but then also uh, have buy-in whenever they're doing PTA, or excuse me, uh, parent-teacher conference. I, I can imagine that was, the pressure was immense. You, you just, you wanted to see this through because it was your initiative, your idea, you know, in the sales and business world. I mean, if it's your idea, your baby, you got to see it all the way through to the end. Otherwise, you lose face. I mean, that was, that was probably a, an incredibly self-reflective moment. And yet, I think uh, ditching it uh, actually saved face. Uh, I, I've certainly seen uh, other administrators who said, "By golly, I invested in this. We're going to do this and uh, and ride it out to, uh, to to no more success and just scrapping it." Sure. No, I can understand that. Well, I like how you uh, you summarize that lesson as uh, inspect what you expect. I've heard that said uh, during my time in the Marine Corps. I've heard that said in my time in operations and sales, business development. And it's nice to to hear the leadership over there in academia can um, uh, can go through that and and draw some of the same lessons uh, about the quality of that principle. So, 
Uh, anything else? Well, we're in closing here. So what, anything else that you want to you leave our, our audience with in terms of uh, inspect what you expect or ways to support Chris Shade in the, in the speaking business right now, Chris? <laughs> you know, I, uh, I have uh, appreciated so much. Uh, we, you opened with uh, Brene Brown. Her work uh, really gave me language to be able to uh, be a risk taker. Uh, she does such a great job of, uh, of talking folks through uh, the concept of vulnerability, which we think is, uh, is weakness, but she describes and defines as risk, uncertainty, and emotional exposure. And it wasn't until I heard her on a podcast say to the U.S. military, name one act of courage that doesn't require risk-taking, not knowing the outcome, or being open for criticism afterwards. And, and that really uh, was an eye opener for me and, and uh, began to realize I read her work about the uh, importance um, if you are uh, aiming for creativity and innovation to embrace vulnerability. And uh, does, she does amazing, amazing work that uh, has been hugely impactful in, uh, uh, in what I've been able to, uh, to accomplish and do. Well, the, the, um the fact that there's there's people out there understanding that there's strength and vulnerability, and where you're vulnerable, there is uh, there's the opportunity to fail, which you and I both know that if you're not willing to take risks, you absolutely guarantee uh, that you will not fail. But you also guarantee that there is zero chance that you're going to succeed. So you have to take risks. A prerequisite to accomplishment is taking a risk. Uh, up to and including looking like a buffoon, <laughs> and uh, that's what that's what Knucklehead Podcast really uh, is is rooted in. We 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 take pride in the fact that there's not one of us out there that is not a knucklehead in some way, shape, or form, personally or professionally. Uh, and so it's it's in these setbacks or these failures or these screw ups that uh, we can have some strength and uh, and really rely on other folks that are going through similar sets of circumstances to to move away from. Uh, those failures, distance themselves from it. So Chris, real quick, how can people find you? Uh, social media, email, however, how can people find your content? Yeah, presence there on, uh, on Facebook and Twitter, both under the handle under whose shade, uh, W-H-O-S-E, and then last name S-H-A-D-E, under whose shade. Uh, that kind of came from the, uh, that uh, quote, the true meaning of life is the plant trees under whose shade you don't, do not expect to sit which is uh, often what I see when I uh, do a presentation. Uh, I uh, may not see the fruits of it. Uh, sometimes uh, it's so fortunate to hear teachers uh, provide feedback and, and hear students uh, give feedback. And so that's uh, one way I get to hear about that. But, but there are times when I go in and, and present and, and don't get to see the, the fruit that uh, came from that. So uh, that's where I got the handle. That's where you can uh, certainly find me. And uh, yeah. Well, I love that. So, you being able to communicate the uh, being able to communicate the um, what is it? The judging the judging the quality metric of that day based off not just what the the result was, but how how hard you worked and how, what what seeds you went out and so depending upon your belief system or your philosophy. But I really enjoy the fact that you. Uh, that you you really want to hear the stories and and see the uh, and see the result of the work that you're doing. Um, however, I think it may be some time before we truly can, truly can measure that. I just know that, just know that some of the work that you put in, 
uh, a few weeks ago when I got a chance to hear you, uh, we really enjoyed it. We not only did we really enjoy it, we try to embrace it day in and day out. And it's just reassuring to hear other folks out there champion that same message. So you got support hey, here. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. No problem at all. All right, guys, with that, we're wrapped. Uh, Chris Shade over at, um, over at Under Who Shade on Twitter and Facebook, even though he likes to steer away from Facebook from time to time, especially when his wife's blasting out there on social media. He'll still get retweeted from Brene Brown from time to time. Uh, Chris, we appreciate your time. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, those of you, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, those of you uh, who like listening to the Knuckleheads Podcast, we have a new episode every Tuesday. You can check us out on Instagram. Uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and uh, check us out on knuckleheadpodcast.com. If you want to fall asleep, we have a YouTube channel too. Those are they're good videos there that you can, uh, uh, they're, they're like Novocaine in a way to help you go to sleep. So anyway, um, with that, we are wrapped. Chris, have a good rest of the week and everybody else, we'll talk to you soon.